Hello and welcome to another episode of the Ask Geeks Podcast. I'm your host, Adrian. And after last night, where a lot of people went crazy, which is usually how the uh, season goes, we finally have the official standings for the NBA playoffs. So we know who's going against who, except for obviously the playing, because this week, to the, um, tomorrow night, we have one or two playing games, and I think I believe it's Thursday night. We have the rest of the playing games. So. Let's start with these playing games to go ahead and jump us into this episode. I'm going to try to keep it short because I'm recording this early, so I'm going to try to keep this short. Um, so tomorrow we have a Nets Cavaliers, and then we have a T-Wolves Clippers game. Um, both of those are the 7-8 seed. You have the Nets sitting at the 7 seed and the Cavs sitting at the 8 seed. Winner takes home the 7 seed. Loser goes and plays the winner of nine and ten. Same thing with the Timberwolves. Timberwolves have the seven seed. Um, Clippers have the eight seed. The Pelicans and the Spurs have the nine and ten speed uh, seed, and then you got the Hawks and Hornets with the nine and ten seed on the other side. So, winner of the game tomorrow, winner of both games tomorrow, automatically locks in seven seed. Uh, the loser plays the winner of the 9 and 10 Thursday. And right now, looking at it, just looking at these standings, I wouldn't be surprised if we had a Brooklyn. Either way, either way, the 7 8 seed right now in the East, I don't believe those are going to be the two seven eight seeds. I'm going to be honest right now. Um, I believe whoever wins that game is going to be 7. Whoever loses that game, I wouldn't be surprised if Cavs win, but I also wouldn't be surprised if Brooklyn won. But with the Cavs being so big, heavy, it it wouldn't be an upset if they did came out. But it's only one game. In one game, a lot can happen. In one game, we could have one of those Kyrie games where he goes for 50, 60. We could have a game where KD goes for 50. Or we could have a game where both of them go for 40. That's, that's how good this team is offensively. So it wouldn't be surprising either way. But the Cavs are good, really, really good defensively. I can see them locking in for one game, get some stops. And then, like, Darius Garland or such goes off and goes crazy for one game, and they lock in that seven seed. But if the Nets fall to the eight seed and I fall for the uh, day two of the play-in, I don't see them making it out because I believe with a one-game series, whoever the Hawks plays will be eliminated. I can see Trey Young has had a monster season. I can see Trey Young going crazy for one game. One game going 40 and 10. 50 and 10, leading the Hawks to one win that they need, going shot for shot. We know Trey Young's a big shot taker and a big shot maker. We know Trey Young can go crazy when the moments, he doesn't step back from the moment, he thrives in the big moments. Uh, he's a great, he's one of the best offensive players in the league right now. Uh, if you just look at totals, he led the league in points and assists. This man is crazy good. I can see the Hawks getting hot and just. Uh, that'd be my team to watch out just for the playing. Once the playoffs start, I wouldn't worry about them. But just in the playing, I'd worry about them. When it comes to the West, however, I could see the I could see the seven eight basically saying the same. I see the T Wolves. They've been hot. They've been doing really well this year. I can see them whether they lose or win against the Clippers. I believe they'll take the next game as well. As much as I would like for the Spurs to upset the Pelicans, 
and then upset the loser, the uh, T-Wolves and Clippers. I don't believe that happens. I don't believe the Pelicans upset them either. So I believe the 7 8 basically stayed the same on that side. Man, I would love it, though, if the Spurs could make up some upset. Then I could go to more games. But now let's just talk about the, the official standings, and let's not just talk about what if. Excuse me. Uh, we have the Suns at number one, which was a given. The Suns have locked up the number one seed for like a month now. It has it hasn't even been close. Um, at the two seed we have the Grizzlies. At the three seed we have the Warriors. The four we have the Mavericks. Shout out to the Mavericks. Um, hope Luca has a speedy recovery. At five we have Utah. Six we have Denver. So looking at the West right now, we have the Suns going against. Whoever the eight seed is, so whoever loses that Clippers uh, Timberwolves game and wins that uh, game against the nine ten seed, and then same thing with the Grizzlies. So let's just talk about the two teams we do have locked in. We'll probably revisit those teams whenever we do, uh, whether it be it'll probably be like Thursday or Friday once we have that locked in. But the first game that we have that's already locked in, Mavericks Jazz. Man, oh man! If Luca can stay healthy, if Luca comes back healthy, one hundred percent, it looked like he had a calf strain, and we should get the official report today. See what happens. He has a week to rest up, come back one hundred percent. But if the Mavs can't get Luca back healthy, and with the Jazz plummeting lately, I can see the Jazz have a first round exit, and then that just be the last. That could be like the straw that broke the camel's back, and just. It just sets them off. It just sets them completely off and forces a complete rebuild because they either have to move Mitchell or they have to move Gobert. And if they move Gobert, they're not going to get the pieces they want. At least if they move Mitchell, they can still get a pretty, pretty, a really good haul. But moving Gobert, they're not going to get a haul. Uh, Gobert is excellent in what he does, but it's a unique skill set. He has a... He has a specific skill set that can be used. However, he's elite in that one specific area, but every other area he falls short. That's the problem. Uh, he He's an elite, elite, elite paint protector. Not just a rim protector, paint protector. He, he, he stops, he stops, uh, he blocks a lot of shots, and he contests a lot of shots and deters a lot of shots. But at the same time, on the offensive end, if he gets you in zero to three feet, let's say he gets the offensive board, you do a pick and roll, and you get him to zero to three feet, he can. He's like a. He's like one. Of the, he's like the best. He's like the best player in the league in that zero to three feet area because he is very, very, very efficient. However, outside of that, he's basically useless. He's not the best facilitator. He's not the best in a lot of other areas. It's just tough. It's tough. He doesn't face the floor. He's he's a bigger and obviously way, 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 way more dominant. Clint Capella type player where you could put him in a pick and roll, but you're paying him a lot of money for that. And other people, other teams aren't going to give you the haul you want in return for that. Yes, if you put Rudy Gobert on a defensive team, let's say you swap Rudy Gobert out and put him on the Celtics. And instead of having Al Horford there, we have Rudy Gobert guarding the paint and Rob still there uh, helping whenever needed. That's not still that's still not ideal, 
because he still can't space the floor offensively. So you have a lineup like that, and he can't space the floor. He's not as good of a passer. But, yes, he's obviously a much, 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 much better defender. But when it comes to the overall game, you see his contract, you're like, I don't know if I can pay him that much money. So I think if the Jazz want to get somewhere, they got it. They're stuck with Rudy Gobert. They're going to have to move Donovan Mitchell because he's obviously unhappy. We don't know what's going to happen in the offseason, but he's obviously unhappy. Uh, if the I can see the Mavs upsetting them, and then that just be, like I said, the Charlotte Breakers came back and they just blow it up. Next is the Warriors-Denver. Um, I can see, I can honestly see Warriors in six. Um, I know a lot of people probably give them five, but I can see Jokic having two games that can, two really, really dominant MVP caliber games where he has like a 30-point triple-double, and it's like a mean 34. I'm talking about like a 34, 18, and 14 type triple-double. And if he can have like game like two good games like that, he can force the Nuggets. To, he can force the game, the series to go to six. Uh, the Warriors don't have really dominant bigs to go against them. They don't have enough people to throw at them. They can throw Draymond at them. It's not going to work. They can throw Looney at them and Wiseman. They can throw all these bodies at them, but it's really not stopping them. So I believe the best play for the Warriors is just be like, hey, Jokic, if you need to score, score. Don't double. Give him the treatment the Celtics did to Embiid back in the bubble when Ben Simmons was out. And what they did was basically be like, hey, you can get 40, you can get 50, you can get 100 points for all we care. We'll let you, we'll stick with the one-on-one matchup and let you have your game. But we're going to stop every other player on this team from scoring. We're going to lock in on everybody else and make you beat us. Because everybody else on that team isn't capable of scoring like Jokic, obviously. Bones Highland, a rookie, he he uh, he started scoring and started playing better near the year, end of the season. He's not going to be able to do that in the playoffs and just be um, a top option. Aaron Gordon, same thing. It's just going to put the Nuggets in a very, very, very tough spot if they play a strategy like that where it's like, it's like hey, give up on Jokic, take what we can, and just don't help and make him. And when he tries to pass it, that's a turnover. Take away his uh, strongest point in his – like, that, that's the biggest thing about Jokic's game is his uh, facilitating just take it away because he doesn't have the scores around him to help. And on the other end, the Warriors have killers. They have Curry should be coming back. They got Clay. They got Poole. They're just going to be too deep of a team for the Nuggets to compete with. Um, it's being very, very, very generous to give them in six. But I'm a, I want I want to give the MVP the benefit of the doubt there. Uh, on the other end, we have the... Uh, East, and we're going to keep this fairly short too. Uh, the Heat versus whoever comes out, and same with the Celtics comes whatever who else, whoever comes out. Uh, I don't think the Heat should really be worried about anybody uh, outside of only team. Well, that's not true. Uh, the only team the Heat should really be worried about is the Nets. I'm not really worried about them as much, and I think the Heat should do fine with them. Same thing with the Cavs. Because the Cavs got a, that big lineup, and they could just outsize Miami. And the only problem, like I said earlier, the only problem I have with Miami, they have an elite defense. They just don't have a number one option. It, that's just going to kill. I know people are saying they're underrated, but it's just I feel like you need that number one option when it comes to the playoffs. We're going to see what Tyler Hero can do. Tyler Hero might come out. It might be that legit number one option, but I want to see it. 
this first round is going to show me if they're actually championship contenders. Because regardless of who they're playing, it's going to be a legit game. The East is very strong in this game. Whether they play the uh, Nets or the Cavs, either way, that's going to be a tough game. Whether it, Or the Hawks. Um, those are the only three teams. I'm, really, I'm not really giving Charlotte a chance here. If they play the Cavs, Nets, or Hawks, those are three really good teams. They can lock in and match Trey Young shot for shot. If they can stop uh, Brooklyn with Kyrie or KD, or when Cleveland tries to outsize them, and they Cleveland doesn't have that number one option just like uh, Miami doesn't. Yes, you have Darius Garland, who can be a 20-10 and 10 guy. However, he's more facilitating than scorer. So once Colin Sexton gets back, that'll be their number one scorer. I feel like Darius Garland would... Darius Garland isn't their number one scorer, he, he, but he is the uh, great caliber point guard. I don't feel like he wants to be that, oh, I'm going to be a 30-point-per-game scorer, almost 30 or 25, 28. I don't think that's Darius Garland's game. Yes, he can go out there and drop 40 if needed, but I don't feel like that's going to be his game. Kind of like, you know how Chris Paul averages, and when he was in his prime, was averaging like 18 points a game. Yes, he's going to get 40, 50, but that's not the game he wants to play, and that's not the game he usually plays. If he needed, though, he might have to go games like that. Uh, that by the best chance Miami has is going against probably Cleveland because they don't have a score on that caliber. And I just we haven't seen. I know people keep saying Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Butler. Outside of that bubble run in these past few years, Jimmy has not looked good. Y'all, I know it's called Jimmy Buckets, and y'all say he plays the best when the when the lights are on, but it's not true. Um, he has that narrative. He has that push. He like he has that reputation. Um, he has that reputation when it comes to him, and I don't know why. Because when he was with the Timberwolves, yes, yes, the Timberwolves weren't that good, and that he had that one moment with the practice thing with the Timberwolves, and yes, he got to the playoffs. But when he got to the playoffs, he didn't play that well. Because people talk about how Cat didn't play that well in the playoffs. Jimmy Butler didn't play that well either. The next year when he was with the 76ers, he was up and down multiple games throughout the playoffs. The Heat had that big run, and he did look dominant for that during that run, the bubble. And then we go back to last year, and you have people, you have the Bucks putting P.J. Tucker on him, and he couldn't do anything. He couldn't move. He, he got locked up by P.J. Tucker. And it was just, it, it just looked ugly. It just looked ugly. So it's like three of his four last playoffs, he didn't look too good. So I can't give him this and just jump like the media jumps with his, with his reputation of, oh, yeah, Jimmy Butler's going to lift him up. Jimmy Butler can carry it. Jimmy Butler can be their number one option. I just don't believe it in my heart of heart. I believe Tyler, he can be the great number two. Jimmy Butler, I'm not no disrespect you. Jimmy Butler can be a great number two. I'm just talking about as a number one option. That's what I feel like the Heat need. And if Tyler Hero can step up and be that 30-point game, 25-point game scorer in the playoffs and elevate his game, then the Heat can battle anybody. But if he can't, then the Heat are going to worry me because you have a great number two in Jimmy Butler. You have a great number three and slash four because if you want to throw Bam as the number three or Kyle Lowry as the number three, you have a great number three and four. And Kyle Lowry steps up his game in the playoffs. It's just we just have we we you have you have a great 
a solid a solid five right there. But you need Tyler Hero to be that number one option for that to happen. Next is the Celtics. The Celtics clearly wanted to send a message tonight, and they did that. They clearly wanted to send a message tonight, and they did that. Even after the game, they there was a bunch of quotes going around, and a bunch of players saying, yes, we wanted to send a message. And that message was that they're not ducking nobody. A lot of people are speculating that the Bucks were ducking because if the Bucks won tonight, then they could have they could have had that number two seat if the Celtics had lost. I believe the Celtics, if the Celtics won, no matter what the Bucks did, the Celtics had the number two seat. So you can look at it either way. You can look at it as the Bucks being like, if we win, we're, we we know Boston's gonna win. So if we win and Boston wins, nothing's gonna change. We're still gonna be the three seed. Boston's gonna be the two seed because they own the tiebreaker. So. Instead of risking an injury like Luca, like what happened with Luca and the Mavericks, let's just rest it. Because no matter what, win or loss, if the Celtics win, win or loss, lose, we're going to be the third seed. So let's just rest up our players and be like, whatever. Boston was like, hey, we lose, Milwaukee gets it, we win, we do. Same thing situation with Milwaukee. Once they saw Milwaukee had basically was like, no, we're not going to go out here. And we were going to lose. Celtics could have did the same thing, I guess, you're, if you wanted to do that, like, with the resting. However, they were like, no, we're going out and playing. We want that two seed. We want Brooklyn to know that we're not ducking them and that we want to play them. And Celtics fans everywhere have been saying for the past two weeks that we want that number one seed or that number two seed, and we're not ducking Brooklyn. Um, I was one of the rare Celtics fans that was saying, yes. As the if you want to be a contender, you should say you're not ducking nobody, and I don't believe we should duck anybody. But I was hoping that we would miss, we we would still be winning, but we'd win enough to where we wouldn't match up with Brooklyn right there, just because Rob's not back. And if Rob is back, then I say Celtics in five six easy, easy Celtics. I got the Celtics taking that series. However, without Rob, and our defense is still elite. Without Rob, but with Rob, excuse me, our defense is on a whole nother level. So we can we can play elite defense versus Brooklyn while having while matching them on offense. We have Katie, we have Katie and Kyrie, but we also have Tatum and Brown. And obviously, Tatum and Brown aren't on the level of Katie and Kyrie. Uh, I would say Tatum is on the level of Kyrie, but not on Katie's level yet. I still believe well, Tatum's they're both young, obviously, and they can't take that leap. However, when it comes to just scoring with that a number one defense, I feel like we can match them bucket with bucket enough while getting enough stops to where we can win that series pretty handily with Rob. I do worry without Rob, but I still believe we would win the series. I just would like an easier series first round so that that's so to give so we can be like, all right, we win quickly. We have plenty of time to rest. And then Rob can come back for that second round, and everything looks good. We get an easy game first round, knock them out, move on, and then just just chill. I I, I wanted that, and unfortunately, we didn't. I would have preferred us to play Chicago. I feel like Chicago, out of these top six teams, I feel like Chicago is the easiest matchup. And if we would have got that third seed matchup with Chicago, I would have been per- perfectly fine. Um, 
But it is what it is. It is what it is. Like I said, they said they, they weren't ducking nobody. They're going for that championship. And we're just going to see who we play Thursday. And that's just going to have to be how it is. It's, it, and then, no, we find out who we play t- uh, Tuesday. I'm sorry. No, the Heat find out who they play Thursday. We find out who we play Tuesday, whether they be Brooklyn or Cleveland. And I'm ready to see. Like, I want to see how this series go next week. Let them know. Let them know this message was received well and clear. And we just go from there. Next, you have Philly and Toronto. And with that Philly-Toronto series, it's going to get interesting. It's going to get interesting. James Harden has been wishy-washy since the trade. Embiid has been dominant still. You have Toronto, who defensively can give you a lot of problems. They might not have the top-ranked defense or the top three-ranked defense. However, they're scary defensively. They have a bunch of 6'8", 6'9", cats that can switch everything and just play elite defense. You have Siakam. You have Scotty Barnes. You have um, Chris Boucher. They they just have a lot of just different bodies they can throw out on everybody and just play elite 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 defense they ha- they have a really really good defense and that can also shoot the ball like crazy they have Fred Van Fleet who can score they have Gary Trent Jr who can score they have Pascal who can, who should be an all, who could be an all NBA player like the re- like I said the only reason I left him off the list is because I felt like with Jimmy Butler being on the heat and been in the Morsi he has to take that spot or else we don't reward winning. If you want to swap Jimmy Butler and put Pascal in, I, I don't I don't I don't mind it either way. But one of those two has to be in there. And so if Pascal is an all NBA caliber player, it, it it can just get spooky for Philadelphia. That's all I'm gonna say. Uh and Philadelphia is gonna be missing their number one defender with Matisse Thibel because Toronto still has the COVID mandate. And so if you're not vaccinated, you can't play there in Canada. Matisse Thibault is not uh, vaccinated. We'll find out who else isn't vaccinated, but that's going to be a big hit. Yes, Philly has home court advantage. Philly's going to have to dominate home. If Toronto steals even one game at home from Philly, the series is over, in my opinion. The series is over. Because missing your number one defender is going to hurt you a lot, especially when you already have Harden and Maxi right there. Maxi's a scrappier. Maxi's an okay defender. Harden's also an okay defender, but you don't have that elite defense right there. Um, You're going to miss him a lot. That's all I'm going to say. You're going to miss him a lot. Uh, you have Doc Rivers as the coach. I feel like Doc Rivers can get out coached by Nick Nurse. I think Doc, I've already I've always said I think Doc Rivers is kind of overrated as a coach. We'll see what happens there. And I I can see like I said, I can see Toronto coming out with this game this series in six if they still game. If Philly can win all their home games, obviously they're gonna win the series because they got home court advantage. But I can if. Harden or correct Harden shows up. I got Philly at seven, so but I don't think Philly can win it in more than in, in less than seven. I mean, I don't think I can take Philly in four or five or six. I can take Philly in seven, but I wouldn't be surprised if Toronto in six if they steal a game. And then on the other side we have Bucks, Bulls, Bucks and five. We don't even need to discuss this series. Bucks and five. 
Bucks and five. And that was the first round. We'll talk about those other teams here Thursday, but Bucks and five against Chicago. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Ask Geese Podcast. Always, always, always remember to respect women. But most importantly, remember to respect yourself. And we out. <laughs>